You're listening to Star Trek, the Undiscovered Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's show is so packed. It's also has been very, very the 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 waiting with bated breath that everybody's been for this episode has been nuts. My phone has been ringing off the hook, but we have so much to do tonight. I'm not even going to say good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Forget it. I'm not going to say that. So we have a packed show tonight. It's the first in the series of a non-Trek fan watches Star Trek. And uh, we are going to meet the man who is the non-Trek fan who watched Star Trek momentarily. But first, before we do anything else, our panelist, Dan Martin. What's up, Dan? Oh, man, I tell you what, I just got back from being off world. I was out on a starship exploring the galaxy, boldly going. And it was awesome. Yes, Dan Martin got to live his dream. I mean, I'm sure it's the dream of many people, but Dan, you got to, I don't know how much you could say about the film, but you you co-starred in a Star Trek fan film directed by the one and only Vic Mignogna. Is it Mignogna? Mignogna. Mignogna. Captain Kirk from Star Trek Continues. Um, uh, you want to tell us anything? What can you tell us about your experience this uh, last week? Well, it was shot at Neutral Zone Studios in Kingsland, Georgia, home of Star Trek Continues and many other fan films. It was written by Brian Peterson, directed by Vic, and it stars, you may know him, Jeff Johnson, who was Finnegan in one of the very famous fan films that's out there. And uh, he plays the captain. You've got... uh, all kinds of great people in the cast. You'll have to check it out. It should be uh, ready to be seen in about five or six months. The editing is beginning. The effects are beginning. And it is going to be awesome. And And I recorded an interview with Ray Testy, the owner of Neutral Zone Studios, so that uh, we can hear a little bit about how this all goes down, what's involved in it, and uh, how you can uh, get over to Neutral Zone Studios and see the uh, Constitution-class starship that they have housed within their secret warehouse. That's right, folks. Next week, uh, to make up for our, not laxness, but, you know, it's been about an average of 12 days between episodes. We're going to give you not one, but two episodes next week, giving you a full episode and a mini-sode of Dan Martin interviewing Ray Tessie of Neutral Zone Studios. So it's going to be amazing. And now is the big event, the first in the series (laughs) of a non-Trek fan watches Star Trek. And the first victim of that is the one, the only, the reason you probably are tuning in tonight of Bullshit Hour with John Seymour and... He also did MSV podcast. Just, you know, just throw it out there. John Seymour, welcome to Star Trek, the Undiscovered podcast. What's up, John? 
Hey, uh, if I had known that this was going to be about Star Trek, I wouldn't have joined, actually. Uh, so <laughs> shame on you for tricking me into this. How's it going, well, everyone? <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Hey, John. I, I great. Just, well, here's so here's what we're going to do. I will introduce all the usual suspects and they will say which episode they pick for you. Just in case you guys missed our last episode, Jared, on February 7th. Um what episode they picked for you. They'll say who they are and what episode they picked for you. So let's start with uh, Dan Holly. Welcome back. And uh, what episode did you pick for John of the original series? I picked the Doomsday Machine because obviously giant space cannoli, but this guy has no taste. So he okay. chose to avoid the giant space cannoli. <laughs> well, Dan, Dan you, you, once, that, was, yes. that was the first episode Ooh, to ever air, Steve. right? That was... No, right? no, no, no. Mine was no. not the first episode ever. Aired. Yours no. was not. Okay, I'm sorry. And then, <laughs> okay, then never mind. <laughs> we have, we have, and once again, we now know that Dan Hulley's episode was not the winner. Why don't I go? I picked for John. Um, let that be your last battlefield. Um, and did he pick that one? I don't know. We'll find out. Matt Millsop, who are you, and what episode did you pick? I am Matt Millsop, and um, I suggested that John take The Cage, the very first episode of Star Trek, the original series, the very first Star Trek episode ever. That's that literally episode base. zero. Yes. Um, <laughs> Ken Radner. Um, my name is Ken Radner, an unusual person. <laughs> and uh, I chose Space Seed, which was possibly one of the most influential Star Trek episodes that had echoes through the entire continuum um, going yes. forward from there. I including one of the best films ever made. It's not just one of the best Star Treks ever made. It's one of the best films ever right. made, The Wrath of Khan. Mm. And finally, last but not least, the guy you just met before, Dan Martin, and the episode you chose for John Seymour. I had a hard time choosing, and I have a hard time remembering. I suggested either Balance of Terror or Galileo 7. You, I can't remember both. which one. I chose both. both. Yes. I'm horrible yes. at choosing. I'm horrible at narrowing yeah. things down to just one. Yeah. I've um, had two wives it, even. In your, in your defense, <laughs> the Galileo 7 was a little like, hey, if you don't want to listen and watch any of these, watch the Galileo 7. Um, all right. Drum roll, please. DJ Nick, throw in a drum roll here. John Seymour, <laughs> who was the winner of the episode of the original series that you selected? The winner of this episode pickingness was Mr. Ken Radner. Because, I mean, all of the episode. Wow. All right. So the audience, again, didn't see that, but I saw that. Ken, like, what did you do? Like, kiss your camera there? Anyway. Uh, I had an intimate relationship. <laughs> okay, so yes, I I picked Space Seed because, I mean, Ken was, you know, he's like, oh, this is the one that I want to pick. And then everyone else was like, that's so great because it's like it, it sets up the Wrath of Khan. And I'm yeah. like, you know what, man, I'm going to do that because everyone else, like, you know, the, the, the Let That Be Your Last Battlefield was actually my second choice. I'm sorry to everyone else. Uh, it was my second choice. No taste. Uh, no taste. It, no taste at all. I understand. Wait, good one. Aren't you a Star? Aren't you a Star Trek fan? <laughs> no taste. No taste. Right, right. So, so the one he did pick is not your cup of tea, Dan. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just dragging on him. <laughs> anything other than what I picked. No. Taste. Well, 
You're all wrong except me. Yes. <laughs> so what we're going to do then, John, um, yes, we all know, and all the fans that are listening know how influential Space Seed was on the entire franchise from, yes, setting up for the Wrath of Khan, but also setting up storylines in all of the other series, um, Deep Space Nine in particular, as well as um, as well as J.J. Abrams's Kelvin universe. Um, but most importantly, right down to Star Trek Picard um, had shadows of the eugenics wars. So, John, um, sir, this this is not really a review show, per se. It's more of a roundtable uh, discussion, but you get more of a review than anything else. This is you are a non Star Trek fan. You went in blind to this. What mm -hmm. are your general impressions of Spacey. Well, before I get into the general impressions, I would just like to show the people here on the panel. The audience can't see this, but I wore my Back to the Future shirt to uh, to be appropriate, I guess, in uh, parallel with the subject matter of the episode. So yeah. you're asking what my overview is of this episode. First off, when I started watching, I was so excited to see that it was a prequel to Naked Gun because Vincent Ludwig, <laughs> Vincent Ludwig was the person that they saved in 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 the, the ship. It was I was like, holy shit, my mind is blown. So yeah. no, but yeah. but in seriousness, now we are talking, you guys are talking now to someone who has now seen two whole episodes of Star Trek and no other Star Trek. The other episode that I saw was the first episode ever. Uh, and, and then I watched this one. Um, what I liked about it, now I was confused because now I'm going to skip all the way to the end. Because mm -hmm. uh, what's her name? Uh, Agent MacGyver, right? <laughs> uh, Lieutenant MacGyver. Yes. The, the, the one, I the love one how he keeps, I love how Kirk keeps mispronouncing her name. Almost like yeah. it's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, MacGyver's next on MacGyver. Uh, this did actually, it, did this that come this, with a Swiss Army knife and duct tape. I believe it did. Yes, uh, but this um this predates the actual show of MacGyver, right? So, so yes. I, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> oh, yeah. why, why did they make her last name MacGyver's? That's a little distracting. But uh, and then I realized the the show didn't exist, so it really wasn't that distracting. Um, I I really did enjoy now it, it, again i've seen two episodes in my life uh they found a spaceship floating out in the middle of nowhere oh that model hasn't been around since the mid 90s now watching this <laughs> watching this uh, in in my like whatever right now we're 2023 i grew up in the mid 90s right so i'm like yeah the mid 90s this takes place a while ago and then I'm like, wait, no, because the mid 90s was the future was 30 years into the future when the episode was made. So I'm like, OK, I have to put that into perspective as well. Why do they have all this crazy technology in the mid 90s? This was like, what's going on? That's it, because it was 30, 30 whole years into the future, like in Back to the Future, where like all this crazy shit stuff started existing that uh, 30 years is just not enough time for where's my that. flying car. Dang it. Right. Where's my flying car? Where's We've been my waiting for that forever. Where's my, where's my where's hoverboard? 
Where's my superhuman Vincent Ludwig? Where where are these people? <laughs> what is happening here? So um, I thought it was it, I, I, I was, I guess, a little confused. I'm like, I, OK, I know Khan is a villain, but they found these people who've been, you know, like in suspended animation for 200 years. And they were like, oh, let's see if we can revive them. Then the guy gets revived and he's like, I like to take over planets. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to take over the Starship Enterprise. OK, now we have an episode. Cool. I, I I'm I'm super into that, you know, um, now I've never seen Star Trek before. It doesn't mean that I don't like it. I, I am definitely into the show. I find the the way the storyline unfolds to be interesting. Uh, one of my favorite things in that episode was the fight between. Um, uh, I'm sorry, William Shatner. I <laughs> Kirk and Cut. Right. Yes, James right. Tiberius oh, yeah. Kirk. Very, very yes. Yes. Very interesting. How you? Yes, you're gonna, you're fight. going to find that all the hand-to-hand combat fights in Star Trek and the original series are very yeah. interesting. Very, very interesting because Stunt doubles. That's actually fairly but, standard. But yeah. I'm saying it's, it's very yeah. interesting because it's like they're fighting. It's clearly choreographed, and I'm yeah. like, are these are these people even? like touching each other like it doesn't look <laughs> like they are <laughs> you know okay a, a, cool I, yeah I, yeah, yeah. And, and what did you think of how he uh overpowered this superman who's got yeah. like the strength of like 20 men like 20 so, men yes over kirk and there was this little and rod he, that he found he beats him down with a now, pipe he just fucking yeah. beats now, him down with a pipe and that's just and that's the it. interest now, the interesting thing is those pipes are only in that section of engineering in that particular episode never before oh, are they seen. <laughs> and never again are they seen they are not part of uh, the actual engineering set they're added oh for God. that fight and it's Random. like i believe they call that plot armor set okay, it's, it's um it's convenient it's plot but, but there there yeah. is just there's just one other thing before we move on to the next part because um again like i said haven't really seen it this was toward the end of the first season I take it MacGyver's doesn't really come back after this episode because she, she just goes and yeah, joins yeah. Khan. Yeah, so right. never see her again. Okay. Yes. Well, right. let's I, not, just, let's I not, actually just yeah. looked. I actually just looked up just now what happened to the actress. It turns out in the late '70s she ended up coming down with multiple sclerosis. Yes. Excuse me. Thank you. Yes. Sclerosis. So she came down with that, and when uh, I believe it was Harv Bennett. Uh, learned about this um he did not call her back thinking it would just be unfair so he wrote her out of the script yeah uh, so let's let's not, not let's not let's not fully spoil the wrath of Khan well, for john in case he wants to late. watch that because I it is think, an, no I no no she, she is written out of the script but She's they written. do make mention of her in a very yeah. brilliant way and ah. you continue to spoil. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but <laughs> hey, listen, listen, yeah, it's a plot it's, device that they use to do that. Yeah, it's totally yeah, cool. Excellent. It's, yeah. excellent. it's totally cool. Well, here's if what I, I can say, John. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you do move on to the wrath of Khan now to keep in mind, when we came up with this, uh, non-Trek fan watch Trek series, it's never to convert someone 
into a Trek fan. I think all of us are getting an amazing joy of mm-hmm. listening. It's like we envy you right now that you got to see an episode. Like we're living the first time we saw that episode through you. Okay. Um, but yeah, but if, hey, if you, if you want not, to feel. Yeah. Greg, if you want to feel like you're watching brand new episodes of Star Trek. Yes. Shit, yes. Oh, don't you, <laughs> don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'll get to that myself. Um, but yes, in the year twenty five, twenty five, it's taken you forever, man. Yeah. Didn't that yeah, song well, come I, out the year that episode came out? It could have been. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sorry, I guess. Yeah. So we're, we're so if you if you did move on to the Wrath of Khan, it's a direct sequel to that yes. episode and you would not be lost in any way. The fact that you know that episode, you get to see Kirstie Alley, the late, and that's all I'll say yeah. about her, Kirstie Alley in her film debut. Um, I'm sorry. I like, I I just, like Robin Curtis I just Curtis picked up better. on that. Yeah, you're like, no. you said the late, and that's all I'm going to say about her. I, I That's I, all that I'm going to say. a couple yeah, of seconds a, in. <laughs> um, now, John, um, yes. to move on to another point, um, uh-huh. You mentioned Vincent Ludwig, of course. That's the great Ricardo Montalban. And right. he played Khan in this episode and then played him triumphantly again in the movie The Wrath of Khan. He is still considered a Star Trek actor, one of the icons of Star Trek, even mm-hmm. though he's known for Fantasy Island and, uh, and of course, The Naked Gun. He was very known for The Naked Gun. But um, great in The Naked Gun. <laughs> yeah. For. Yes. Star Trek, though, for the role of Khan, he he appeared twice, but is like in the I mean, he is a fan favorite. Um, There's a lot of comic books I know that even take place in the mirror universe. There's one. What if Khan was the good guy and Mm. and the Kirk and crew were the bad guys? But so you mentioned Ricardo Montalban did nothing wrong. Exactly. Um, what is your general impression of just, I'm not going to go over all the characters, but that was Khan Noonien Singh, a legendary character. Ricardo Montalban plays him with (laughs) such gravitas. And I remember when I saw the anniversary screening five years ago, not the most recent one of the wrath of Khan on the big screen, he was even more intense. So what was Uh, your general impressions of the 1967 version of Khan? Before I mean, you even check out the 1982 version. Yes. Well, so as of right now, like I know that you envy me because so far I <laughs> only know this 1967 Khan uh, Khan Singh, whatever his name is. Khan uh, Union Singh. Yes. Khan Union Singh. Before I get on with that answer, I want to talk about this actor Ricardo Montalban because yes. his name, and now I, I, I still don't have this 100. percent but his name, and 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 by the way, uh, rest in peace, may he. The, the late great yeah, Ricardo um, Montalban. Ricardo Gonzalo Pedro Montalban Imerino. That's his wow. his, his full that's name. Enough. That's a that's a whole thing. I have to I, I I can't even memorize it. It's too long because by the time I finish it, I forget the beginning. Um anyway, so your your question is what are my thoughts on Khan in this episode? Very intimidating. And the reason, so first of all, first of all, he's intimidating because he has the strength of 20 men and the intelligence of uh, 20,000 men or whatever it is. 20 you know, smart like, men. Yes. 20 <laughs> smart men. Yes. Because yes. I'm trying to figure out, okay, this is, well, the people on the ship were all pretty smart, though. Um, and 
back then, I don't know how old he was when this episode was made. I think he was something like 30, 47 or something like that. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he was already like pushing 50 and he looked very young and he was handsome, attractive, charming. He spoke well. He was able to 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 manipulate MacGyver's yeah. like, dude, like she even before he woke up. And he yeah. was just kind of laying there. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I would like to get him in a room by ourselves, you know. <laughs> and it, um, So, yeah. And then when he woke up. Yeah. And like, immediately. 200 years in suspended animation. He wakes up. And the first thing he does is he grabs the dude's throat. And I'm like, holy shit. That's incredible. Wait, yeah. right? That is the first thing he did, right? You want to, yeah, yeah. You, well, make your make up your mind. You're going to choke me or slit my throat. Right. Great yeah. line throat, delivery. Right. From and it would be more effective Kelly. if you cut the carotid artery under the left yeah. ear. Yeah. Like, that's why McCoy is such a badass. He's like, all right, yes. fine. Just, if you're going to do yes. it, do it. Yeah. And then I love McCoy. And, yeah. and then I should mention, John, you would have mm -hmm. two movies to watch should you choose, because uh -huh. you could move on to The Wrath of Khan, and then should you choose, Watch the Kelvin universe's Star Trek Into Darkness, where Don't Khan returns. Oh, oh, Dan. Um, and watch oh, Star Trek Into Dan. Darkness and, and see a flip alternate universe of, of the Wrath of Khan. Um, mm -hmm. Ken, mm -hmm. as this was your choice of episode, and damn, did you pick a good one uh, for John to watch? Um, any any thoughts you want to get for our non-Trek fan who watched Trek uh, from this episode? Okay, well, I have to say that um, my initial choice, like many others, was very, very difficult. There are so many good episodes in that first season of Trek, just because it was it was very much uh, the template that Roddenberry wanted to do. And he really had a lot of good, I guess, basically at that point, what Michelle Nichols said was that he was doing morality plays. And, and all of them were very blatant in what they were doing. And um, I really balance of terror was the initial one that I chose just because it's such just it's not even like a Star Trek show. It's not a science fiction show. It's just a good old fashioned like submarine cat and mouse drama. It was just so good. And it introduced the actor that would later come to play Sarek, uh, mm. Spock's father. So it also had a lot of history. But once. I got uh, no pun intent. Well, pun intended. Once I got submarined um, out of not being able to choose that episode, I was like, the only other choice I have to do, I have is Spacey. That's the most out of that whole, the most influential um, episode. And it was just, just like John was saying, just so brilliantly acted. Um, I, on, on a second watching, as I said to everyone else previously, I did not realize how much in shape Ricardo Montalban was at all times. <laughs> and he I, ne was I never would have guessed he was 47. Yeah. <laughs> right. Was and he 47? Yeah. yeah. 46, 47. And, something like that. Oh, wow. And they Darn. interviewed him and they said, well, you know, like your arms aren't that big. And he's like, I do push-ups. Way too many push-ups. <laughs> so he just had like, like pecs for days. And 
when I said that to you, Greg, in our conversation that, you know, in Wrath of Khan, it looked like he was wearing the prosthetic chest. Yeah. And you said he wasn't. I saw a photo of them doing touch up like after uh, the, the Reliant gets pounded on and he's all mm-hmm. blown up and everything. They had the make they have a photo of the makeup artists doing touch ups on him for all the wounds. And he's got the vest off. And you can see that's totally him. Hmm. Yeah, and course. I saw that photo. I'm like, that's, well, that's, like, that's ridiculous. Like each one of his pecs is like a 20 ounce steak. Yeah. Well, one of, <laughs> one of the few, one of the few DVDs that I own is the wrath of Khan. Um, and Nicholas Meyer, the director um, gave a, gave a introduction of the movie only speaking of Ricardo Montalban and how, and this is this case with this episode too, and I'm going to move on momentarily uh, to Dan Martin, um, but the episode and the movie, they're both classics. The movie, of course, being a classic film in and of itself. And the fact that Ricardo Montalban was more than 50%, I would say, the reason that makes Space Seed and The Wrath of Khan so compelling. He yeah, just he, is, definitely, he was he definitely just, pulled it off. Yeah. And he, he was he had he had such a charisma. Yeah. yeah. And that was also the part of Khan was Khan had such a charisma. And then I, I don't know if we want to even get into the part about how abusive he was. Oh, for yeah. MacGyver's. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it was absolutely it was- excellent. I, I, that's a perfect segue uh, with uh, with you, Dan Martin. So you are uh, you and and Ken could could probably do a whole volley episode of talking about the original series. But you've oh, been yeah. watching the, you've been watching the original series um, your entire life, and it is your favorite of the Star Treks. Hearing Most John definitely. talk, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you got so much joy in listening to him talk about this episode. Uh, is there anything you? would like to throw at him for this first impression of the original series. I mean, it's still so amazing to me that uh, I'm like a kid in a candy store too, listening to him talk <laughs> about it. Uh, anything you want to, you want to throw in there? Well, I, I definitely think he should just go right out and get the boxed sets of all three <laughs> of the original series, binge watch all of them. You said you didn't want to convert him, but you know, I did not I think but- I, I think it's just like, you know, uh walking up to the door in a nice white shirt. I want to convert everybody. I want them to all <laughs> I want them to all love Star Trek as much as yeah. I do because I think it brings I think it brings people together. I think about the people I know through Star Trek. I mean, my wife's Match.com profile said, girl with a passion for sci-fi. Our first date, we talked about Star Trek. Uh, People I know that are of different political bents will Mm -hmm. like having conversations with with each other because of Star Trek. Uh, I think if we all were to get together and embrace what it stands for, what it means, the idic infinite diversity yeah. and infinite combinations we would all get along better and then absolutely you know, we could we could kick the crap out of alien invaders instead of each other yeah mm. very well said i mean um, i still want to kick the crap out of greg so you know yeah, well, yeah, can, yeah, I, yeah. can i still do that 
Yeah, if you want. <laughs> yeah, but we got to put a prosthetic forehead on him first. All right. You gotta yeah, put, yeah. All right. I don't know. You you might be. I might be three times your size, but you may be able to kick my ass. I don't know. I'm, I'm not that uh, great a fighter. John looks. Um, John looks feisty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Millsop, as you as Space Seed is the freshest in your mind because you literally watched it uh, 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 the forty seconds before logging on to do this show. Um, it literally I, ended 40 seconds yeah. before, yes. Well, my my rewatch of it was 5 a.m. this morning, so <laughs> I, we're, we're kind of close. Um, hearing him talk, you just saw everything that he talked about. Was there anything you wanted to add about any of the scenes from uh, Space Seed and uh, this classic television episode? Hmm. I think from a storytelling or writing perspective, um, it is very, very efficient. They were able to cover everything in what was it, a 45 minute period. They were able to develop Khan, uh, establish what he's about, who he is, um, establish how messed up he is, and then still have an interesting episode with some suspense and whatever in it. So I thought that was uh, very, very effective. Yeah. Um, I was surprised mm -hmm. at how good uh, his acting was. I mean, I only remember seeing him as Khan, but he's very, very charismatic uh, individual. Um, and, and, you know, I didn't notice this when I was a kid, but um, everything, literally that entire thing, that entire ship is made of wood. And, and now especially <laughs> with the technology of today, you can see it. Spock's scanner is wood. Everything about that ship is wood. There's a fair um, amount of fiberglass too, and all the, the the new technology that he was showing to Khan. Oh, this is oh. how you get yourself. This is how you get yourself up to date. I'm gonna put yeah. building blocks in front of you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a chip in. I'm gonna put in a yeah. clip. That's the thing about yeah. Star Trek, the original series. Though, I, I, Matt, I'm sorry to cut you up, but that's the thing about it. As dated as the sets are, what they yes. take care of that so well on Strange New Worlds, making it the ship that this is what it would have looked like. Suspend your disbelief. That's one of the best parts of, uh, I can't now wait listen, to have, we have listen yeah. here. I've been on the starship enterprise. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's beautiful. And, yeah, and oh, of the, course. The, the key is though, the story is the thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, thing. the story is what carries you. I mean, if they had had these sets and they'd have had lousy stories Nobody would be talking about it 50 years later. The story is the thing. The characters are, are the thing. The relationships that they have in that show is what makes it. But we fall in love with the ship as well because the ship oh, is a sure. character. I mean, you look at Matt Jeffrey's designs and you think, wow, you know, f so many spaceships like take the Jupiter is just a saucer or you take you know, in lost in space, or you take spaceships that are just rockets. And then you've got the enterprise. You've got a saucer section. You've got rocket shaped sections and the lines on that thing. That is a sexy looking vehicle. I mean, that's a good looking ship. And I like how the various iterations are like the strange new worlds. One is beautiful. The one in the JJ verse is a good looking ship as well. But man, I tell you what, that first Constitution class starship, I love it, and I always yeah, oh, will. 
So the other thing too is that ship is also the town sometimes. Sometimes it's just the town where all this takes place. You know, sometimes they go on to planets and it's like out of town, but this is their town. This is their home too. That's another reason why it's a, it's a, that's another reason I think why we like it too. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's no denying this. I mean, Chris Hunter had said this, what we, what, what the zeitgeist had prior to Star Trek for sci-fi was you know, even for the standards in the in the 50s and the early 60s, everyone knew, OK, well, this is a little corny, but there's, you know, the special effects are, you know, this is what we get. And Star Trek came along and just revolutionized it. Um, Matt, before we move on to uh, Dan, Hully, um, is there anything else uh, you wanted to wrap up in, in anything that John had said that that struck you? I think someone had mentioned something about the um, the characters and their relationships too. Mm -hmm. little stuff about how Kirk and Spock interacted and McCoy interacted with each other. I noticed that I yes. never noticed mm -hmm. before. They're yep, so yep. comfortable with each other, even subtle things like when uh, Spock and Kirk are talking on the bridge, Spock's still looking at the thing and Kirk just kind of sits down in Spock's chair, little tiny things like that, just how they handle themselves with each other. It looks very, you know, it looks very, uh, very relaxed, very easily relatable up there. <clears throat> yeah. That's yeah. You know, sometimes I watch the original series and I chuckle a little bit, but I do, I still remember the time that it was, and you know, you have fun chuckling. It isn't like a lame, like this is so lame chuckle. It's a, okay, this is the 1960s for you. Um, mm -hmm. But there's no denying in Spacing in particular, uh, which uh, after Holly speaks I'll, in, in my wrap up, I, there's something else I remembered about Space Seed. Uh, Dan, uh, John made some amazing points as did everybody else. Uh, we're hearing exactly Ken kudos on, on the episode to pick for the first non-Trek fan to watch Trek. This this was a great choice. Dan, anything? I know you kid at the beginning that he didn't pick uh, the Doomsday no, no, Machine. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not participating <laughs> oh, I in this love conversation. Doomsday. Because he picked the wrong episode because he did not well, want to see the giant space canole. No, uh, no. It, well, well no, that's a great point, though. But yeah, uh, uh, but Space Seed is a great episode. Oh, what are your it's thoughts absolutely, on it's, it? Yeah. It's a fantastic episode. And it's it's a great introduction to Star Trek because it, it does tell a mostly self-contained story and it brings you into, you know, it, it's just good science fiction and storytelling, which is where Star Trek really, really shines is yeah. being good science fiction with good storytelling. Now, my only major question is, I think you should definitely watch Wrath of Khan after yeah. seeing this. That's that's not and, a question, though. That's a. But I think you should watch Wrath of Khan. And when you do, I really request one thing and one thing only when you come back on the show after you watch it. Okay. You need to give us your best Khan scream and you will see yes. what that is when you watch the movie. I, I will do. I, I, I am. You know what? I'm always up for a challenge to do a, a con scream. Now, if you want me to do the, the con scream, it would probably have to be a little earlier in the day. And I'm going <laughs> to scream into a, into a mouse like, like Ken is doing right now. And, uh, well, I, yeah. Dan Martin, you had said before for him to get box sets, uh, he's got access to my Paramount plus account. Uh, so that's where he can watch. Yeah, all but the I got to tell you though, 
when you watch them on the when you watch them on the discs, you're gonna get everything. You're gonna get special features. You can switch back and forth between the original footage and the digitally enhanced footage. Uh, you can really just immerse yourself in it. I'm a, I'm addicted to that stuff. True this enough. Podcast, I, not sponsored would, by the Star Trek yes. DVD sets, but it could <laughs> be. Uh, but there's more. It's not sold in any store. If you order right. today, you get a Ginsu knife and a smokeless ashtray. Hey, I know that song. You can't fool me. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Popeil. That was that was, that was Weird Al Yankovic's Mr. Popeil. Yeah. I, I, I know that. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I will have to get you know, like now not to say that you're scaring me away from it or anything, but I just a, a small bit of advice when you're trying to uh, convert a non-Trek fan into being a Trek fan. Don't pile too much stuff on. Get the DVDs, <laughs> watch the special features, do this. It is it's like, hey, I know another episode you can watch or watch the movie. Cool. Then it'll be like it'll be this insidious seed that you're space seed that That's you're planting <laughs> into my head. That's a oh, absolutely no, yeah, but yes. absolutely, yes. John. Here, actually, the Rathacon would be a perfect movie for you to watch. If this episode intrigued you, and believe it or not, it it intrigued you more than I thought it would. And that isn't a knock at the show at you or anything. It just I'm very, very impressed. And yes, The Wrath of Khan is just a good movie. And you saw this episode, you go, you could go right into it. Holly, did you have any uh, final points or any more points uh, to make? I think I covered it. Well, I'm going to take a page out of the playbook from uh, DJ Nick on Gold Standard, where at the end of the episode, they talk about every, which, by the way, listen, a Gold Standard podcast, an Oscars movie podcast. Um, they talk about every nominee. And it's funny here because we had five nominees, just like the early best pictures out of the five episodes. Ken Radner, uh, they talk about whether or not the, the episode of uh, the movie in Gold Standard was the right winner. Did the right film win the Oscar of that particular year? And I must say, to truly introduce somebody out of those five episodes, the right episode was selected. So let's hear it for Ken Radner. Yay, Ken. Thank you. And Thank you. What I, what I want to yes. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, because I was thinking to say that let that be your last battlefield encompasses what Star Trek is. It's but Space absolutely. Seed. Absolutely. Yeah. But Space Seed sets up for Star Trek where I'm looking at John's face and I'm hearing him talk about the episode. I mean. He couldn't be more blasé about even the idea of watching Star Trek before watching this episode. And I'm seeing him talk yeah. about this episode and I'm I'm saying to myself, I don't know if any of the other episodes would have done that for him. I'm not saying he wouldn't have enjoyed them. But as you said, Ken, your choice is space seed. And this is a perfect segue to let's look at the Wrath of Khan and, and how the Wrath of Khan even happened. It was, I believe, one of the screenwriters. I, I I read William Shatner's Star Trek movie Memories, and I don't remember exactly who it was. I apologize to everyone out there. Some of the listeners are probably screaming at me. It was Harv. It was Harv, or it was whoever. It was Nick Meyer. I don't remember which one it was. But they had to go through. See, uh, what John doesn't know, and what maybe even some of the listeners doesn't know, is that Star Trek, the franchise, was in trouble. The motion picture happened. It made enough money for them to move on for another movie, but it was the last chance because the motion picture was a little subpar. And they said the second movie has got to be amazing or Star Trek might be dead. 
actually and, believe it believe it or not i did know that so okay i just want to say yeah, that for the record yes excellent excellent yes. and and, so and also person, the motion picture was the motion picture wasn't even supposed to be the motion picture there was right, supposed to was be a, another series and it didn't take off and they just grabbed everything from that second series they're yep. supposed to do and just threw it into the motion picture and i and did not what, know that well, no they 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 and, made and, an about they made an about face because of the popularity of Star Wars. They were planning yeah. on that second series, which would have been uh, a phase great two. idea, phase two. But they they went with Star Wars being so popular and said, let's make a film that hits the theaters. Yeah, so the some of the, con summit, some of the con yeah. concepts were there, but a lot of the things were different as well. Yeah, because the first season and some of the second season of the next generation were scripts from phase two. Exactly. Uh, in fact, exactly. Um, Decker and, uh, Oh, Dan, what's the, I, the Decker and Ilea became Ilea. Uh, Decker and yep. Troy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one person, I, I don't think it was a committee. I think it was one person had to look through. They said, well, it has to, we, we, we want to bring it back to its glory let's find the perfect episode to make a direct sequel to. We need a compelling antagonist. We need a story that can be continued. I mean, look what kismet that was, that it didn't end with Khan being defeated. It ended with him being sent uh, into um, to SETI Alpha 5. Um, and it picks up from there. And it's just so perfect how it happened. I mean, uh, I remember in, in the book, which I might have somewhere, uh, uh, he talked about other episodes that were considered. I don't know if it was any of these five, but they talked about there was other episodes. But they said it's going back to Space Seed and getting Ricardo Montalban, making sure that they get him between seasons of Fantasy Island. And boy, did it did it, it, it reinvigorated the franchise of Star Trek. And as you said, Dan, yes, it was the popularity of Star Wars. I remember Leonard Nimoy talking about that in the Captain Summit, how they owed a great debt to George Lucas for this sci-fi property, if you want to call it, because it's fantasy sci-fi, but uh, Paramount wanted Spaceships to... and stuff. Yeah. Hard yeah. And so George, George Lucas made a movie, and that's why the two franchises really have fed each other over the years, because... Rod Roddenberry inter um, interviewed George Lucas and said, now, you never directly said Star Trek uh, that you were ever a fan or that it influenced Star Wars. I don't know where to find that interview. Um, uh, it was a it was a documentary Rod Roddenberry made about growing up as uh, as the, you know, the uh, in the dynasty that is Star Trek and his parents being um, the creator and the first lady of Star Trek. And uh, he interviewed George Lucas and said, let me ask you. Did Star Trek have anything to do with Star Wars? And he said, yeah, yeah, of course. He goes, I was a fan. I appreciated it mm. and the stories and what it meant. And uh, so I did like Star Trek and I did think of it when creating Star Wars. And uh, with that, uh, I, I think this has been great. And uh, I think that this episode was certainly a great one for a non-Trek fan to watch. So if anybody's listening and you're possibly a non-Trek fan or a casual Trek fan, or don't know the original series as well as others, Space Seed is a great one to watch. Uh, we're getting to plugs. And John Seymour, that would be you. Where can people find you in the interwebs? I will tell, that, tell you that in just uh, one minute. Before I give my plugs, I want to give a shout out to Ricardo Maltabam for one reason that just occurs to me now. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this. I don't know if the listeners knew this. In uh, they were he was filming a movie back in like the early 1950s, and he had like I guess a scene where he was riding a horse and he fell off and he and, like he hit his like he like ruined his back and uh, like he's had well obviously he's he's uh, passed on now but he had really traumatic back injury as a result from that and uh, yeah like so I have to say in lieu of that well in lieu. Because of that, in light of that, him being able to do everything that he was able to do with his horrible traumatic back injury is nothing yeah. short of, of amazing. So that is that. And I will now move on to my plugs. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, John Seymour, J-O-N space S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. I am still sitting behind a drum set, holding out eight fingers, holding the drum set, uh, drumsticks, wearing a backwards baseball hat. Uh See, uh, that's uh, me on Facebook. Come see Mad Tea Party at Casa del Sol in Nyack, New York, March 24th, 8 p.m. Lots of fun rock band music and all that stuff. March 18th, we are playing at Shaker's Pub. Uh, Oakdale, Long Island, I believe, is the name of the place. March 18th, that starts It's, in, it's from like 4 p.m. to midnight. It's like an all-day thing. A lot of great music. I will be playing drums and bass on one song. So come and see that and uh, listen to Bullshit Hour with John Seymour. That's my podcast. And those are my plugs. I wanted to thank you, John, because this show was being planned. This podcast was being planned for two years, literally. And it was you giving us the keys because you in the third season of MSV podcast, it was all about pop culture and talking about pop culture. And of course, there was not a Star Trek episode because you don't know Star Trek and I do. Um, yeah. So I we talked about it. I, I honestly don't remember how it came to be. And I went, you know what? It's time to light the fire. And what if we premiered a backdoor pilot of this this said podcast on MSV uh, and we we contacted Chris Hunter. We got Chris Hunter to come on and we, we got that backdoor pilot done. So thank you, John, for being directly responsible. One of the reasons that this podcast exists. Okay. Well, I, uh, I, 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 I appreciate that. And uh, you're certainly appreciate welcome. You. Yeah. You're certainly welcome. Yes. Yes. Cause you know, that's, that's, that's the way it happens. And, and thank you for having me be a part of your show for so long. And uh, then well, you know what happened since then? I branched out and we all branched out. <laughs> well, yeah, um, it, it, it was great having you as the first uh, contestant as the non-Trek fan who watched uh, Trek. We've got some great people coming up uh, watching all different uh, parts of the franchise because, hey, there's set, there's over 700 television episodes and 13 movies. So there's so much material for people yes. to watch who, who need to be introduced to Star Trek. Okay. And, so and, this was and, yes. Wait, yes. I'm sorry. Sorry. One other thing. Yes. Just, please. just to just to inspire listeners, because I know, Greg, you have listeners in the triple digits. It's yes, we very do. successful. Yes. And I'm very, very happy for you. Very proud of you. Listen to Bullshit Hour. The next episode will feature Ken Radner and Dan Hulley from this very panel. So it is it's 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 encouragement, inspiration. Yes. Listen to well, it. I have it's a feeling that that's Yes, it's the MSV family of podcasts. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I can say is that that will probably premiere before this episode. So for those of you, it's there. Listen to it. It's, it's there. there. Wow, yes. we just traveled into the future. How appropriate <laughs> for a Star Trek show. Um, yes. 88 miles per hour. Ah, so, okay. uh, this is uh, now that we've done these episodes and uh, uh, it's it's now going to become the rotating panel and the rotating moderators. It's been a pleasure uh, ro- uh, moderating these first few episodes. But next week, it ain't me. Ken, tell us a little bit about your episode coming up next week. Hey, well, next week. I am going to be uh, performing an episode specifically about Lieutenant Commander Data and our love for him. Um, One of my uh, next generation has always been my favorite series. And my favorite character has always been Data for various reasons that we will cover under that podcast. And we will have a great panel of people who are obviously very interested in speaking about, uh, at that time, Lieutenant Commander Data. Um, and uh, that's, you know, that's we're gonna, uh, where we're yes. going to go with that. And I'm the, uh, yes. quite excited about it. And for the first time in the podcast family, we'll be welcoming Jamie and Salako, which is great. We've, I've been doing podcasts for two years. Jamie and Salako directed me in Will Reading, and uh, we're looking forward to having him on. Uh, and of course, next week, a companion to this, you'll hear Dan Martin's interview with the owner of Neutral Zone Studios, Ray Tessie. And now, Dan Martin is going to take us out with the plugs. End transmission. Dan Martin, take us out. Thank you for listening to Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast. Find our team members, Greg Vorob, on Facebook. G-R-E-G-V-O-R-O-B on YouTube at Greg Vorob. Also, check out MSV Podcast Presents The Fake and the Whimsy. Daniel Hawley on Facebook, H-U-L-L-E-Y and on Twitter at bland underscore dull underscore don't. Ken Radner on Facebook, K-E-N-R-A-D-N-E-R. Matthew Millsop on Facebook, Matthew Markson, M-A-R-K-S-O-N. And me, Dan Martin, at Baseman Dan Martin 3700 on YouTube. Find this podcast on Facebook at the groups Star Trek Fans United and Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast. On Twitter at STTU Podcast. Or shoot us an email to sttupodcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening to Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast, and until next time, live long and prosper.